Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Laura Lee. If you're one of the people who checked out that conversation, hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And, as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now, before we get started, just wanted to uh, mention a couple things. You know, the Sykes album is finished, as I said last week. And right now, I am in the process of doing a lot of the back-end design stuff. You know, getting everything ready for the CDs and the vinyl and possibly cassette. uh, Doing all the layouts and all that fun stuff because you know I don't have anybody to do that stuff for me or I'm too much of a control freak to let anybody else handle it you decide which one you think it is but either way it's all coming together it all looks really good and you'll be hearing a new song very very soon I'm just waiting to get the masters back but I mentioned this last week I'm going to mention it again if you want to hear one of the new psych songs before anybody else you can, there's going to be an exclusive download link that I'm sending to everyone who is on my email list, which you can join through Facebook. You don't even have to put in anything. It's like, it takes you two seconds. Just connect with Facebook and you're, you're good. It's at sykes.fanbridge.com. Only take a few minutes of time. We'll really appreciate it if you signed up for it. Be a huge help. And what else? Oh yeah, for those of you mentioning Facebook... If you have a Facebook, there's a Start the Beat Facebook page now. Go find it, like it, stay connected with me on there if you want. That's all I'm going to say about that. Moving on to today. My friend Brett is on the show today. And for those of you who don't know Brett, he is a producer and engineer who runs uh, Studio 344 or 344. I don't know exactly how you want to word that number but he's a producer and engineer and he is also a member of the band Belind My Burial so he's a musician as well and that's pretty much what we're going to talk about today we're going to get into his origins as a musician and a producer and the evolution of that and fair warning this is a pretty like nerdy conversation in the context of just audio engineering and recording and producing and there's a lot of technical terms and things that are thrown around so if you're not familiar with the recording world I guess you could say this might not be the best conversation for you to listen to but either way Brett's a good dude and this was it was a lot of fun talking with him about this so if you're into this kind of stuff I think you'll really like it and that's all I'm gonna say sit back Relax, and let's start the motherfucking bait! Whenever, uh, 
Okay, so we're going now. Yeah, yeah. We'll start this. So, recording music, whenever you started, mm -hmm. was it a thing like you were making music and you just didn't have a way to get it recorded, so you yes. wanted to record it, or you, you had dreams of being a producer? No, no, no. The never. first one? Yep. <laughs> never. Just, <laughs> I never thought I was going to be a producer, yeah. Okay. I just had like a little 8-track, uh -huh. and yeah, I got started with that, and... My buddy, like I mean, I recorded my own bands, my own music, my own ideas. Like it's a little, little like Digitech or little boss thing. Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you're right. Little boss thing. Yeah. And then I eventually got rolling, but yeah, I had a little boss thing, just recording ideas. I wasn't even doing anything with recording. I actually had a uh, a friend. I don't know. One of my friends knew someone that taught guitar, and I talked to him, and he actually ended up recording my first band for like fifty dollars a song. Uh, and then I kind of like picked up from him because he used the same exact eight track boss. Oh no shit! And I was like, "All right, I'm gonna pick up from him." So then I, that's when I, after I recorded with him, that's when I just started recording my own stuff. Okay. And then just started hanging out with my or different bands that I would hang out with. They would be like, "Yo, where'd you do that?" I'd be like, oh, "My little eight track," and they were shitty, but sure it worked. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. whenever you're just starting out, anything like audio on like a computer, hearing it like recorded, you're like, whoa, it's so good. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> I was using like disgusting chorus on like distortion <laughs> guitars. It was bad, but I had no idea what I was doing. Sure, but you <laughs> figured it out over time and oh, things yeah. like that. So how long were you fucking with the bot? Well, you had the boss, then the Roland, then yeah. eventually you went to like some sort of a like computer yeah. DAW kind of thing. Went to Pro Tools. Oh God, that's aging me. <laughs> uh probably when i was i would say 19 i went to pro tools okay and i had no no idea what i was doing because it was completely different setup than a roland that's all like hardware this little screen I actually ended up getting a monitor but it's just you could get a monitor for the roland it was a 2480 vs 2480 oh weird you could okay. plug in a monitor and then it would bring that really poorly displayed like, tr tracks <laughs> I've never onto did. a monitor. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, okay. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a complete turnaround trying to learn Pro Tools. Sure. And when I started Pro Tools, man, that was pretty bad, too. Well, of <laughs> course. Did it feel like you were, like, learning, like, a whole new language? Oh, yeah. I took two months and just pretty much just stopped doing anything and just tried to learn how to do this. It was, it yeah. was very... What was, like, one of the first serious projects you did with I Pro Tools. I just glory. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> 2010, I think. I think it was, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I think I was 20. Something like that. Cool. Pretty sure that was the first, like, real project I did. Yeah. And I think that that, that sparked a lot of interest in you as a producer. Yeah. So at this point, were you already recording a lot of bands and people were like, yeah, go to Brit, go to Brit? No. So I remember around that time, like, it that... It was, like, right after that. Yeah. Right before that, I had, like... Just friends bands that I would do for like a couple bucks here and there. But yeah. After that, it just band, band, band. I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, but I just wasn't at the time. I, I was just listening to other productions and just thinking like, why can't I get my stuff to sound like that? Sure. It was disheartening, but I was you know I just worked through it. Well, you figure it out. What kind yeah. of stuff were you listening to? Like, what were your aspirations as mm. like a producer well see i don't like to i don't like him as a producer now like looking back on it but since i was recording all the bands that sounded like guys have seen the glory i strictly was like all right well i'm gonna find a producer that sounds like that type of band and then i went to joey sturgis and I was okay like, uh, yeah 
Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, he kind of created that genre. He so. did, like, Devil Wars Prada and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Okay. I never was into any of those bands, but, I yeah. mean, um, well, you hear names get thrown around. I really wasn't either, but... <laughs> yeah, you have to like look at that market, you know what I mean? That's I mean that's sure. even, even today I do that. Like if I'm recording a band, I'll look at, you know, producers that are in that realm and try to try to match that sound. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we'll say like Brett. What is Brett's like musical interests then if like you really weren't into that kind of stuff that you were tracking? Um like what did you grow up on? Producer side or like just music Just in interest in general, yeah. Ooh. So looking back, in my early teens, I was like a just strictly metalhead. I okay. was like, I hate other shit. I'm gonna listen to Slipknot and or, Iron Maiden. You know, that was yeah. like my, my shit. And then I started opening up to bands like Killswitch and Azalea Dying was like my favorite band. Okay. And I was like, well, that's not like I guess that's opening up a little. Bit. I guess a little bit. Yeah. It's <laughs> no. still like you're strictly into metal. I'm expecting like, to be like I started opening up to things like you know like Death Cab for Cutie. Well. Yeah, well, I you mean, may have I, gotten to that point. I did. Yeah, <laughs> I eventually got to that point. I mean, sure. I'm trying to just think. Anymore, I don't even really listen to music. That sounds awful. <laughs> like, nowadays, I just, I can't find anything that I like. I mean, I've, I think the first band in, that is still around today that does music that I like is my, one of my all-time favorite bands has always been Between Barry and Me. Oh, okay. Anything they've ever done, it's just like my favorite thing. Sure, very, very clean, polished. Yeah. Yeah. Meticulous. And then another huge influence of mine was Black Dying Murder. Okay. They were like one of my, in, in the metal realm, those were like my two drivers for. All right. But. What about like as a producer or production in general? Um, one of my favorite producers who did like, I think he did New Architects is, uh, what is his name? Why <gasps> am I can't think of it? <laughs> He's from the UK. Oh. Or not, maybe Sweden. I don't know. I think Nordstrom. I don't know if you heard of him. Yeah, sure. Or, wait, uh, is that it? I like think Frederick? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nordstrom? Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. He's been, I mean, I listen to all his recordings. I'm like, oh my God, his bass tone, his, his drums. They're ridiculous. But other than that, I just, I listen to anything new and try to just keep up with times as far as production and mixing wise because you can only do so much with what you have so sure i just i don't have any outboard gear so it's hard to get true true tone but eventually i'll i, I really want to get outboard gear i know okay. i'm going off topic but no no we'll go <laughs> wherever it goes it's cool just um what kind of are you still making music now yes that's actually an interesting subject <laughs> <laughs> me personally i've been doing i've been making music ever since i mean like just I, I solo stuff, yeah. just fucking around. And, like, and the bad thing about that, I never release anything. Like I have a ton of music. Like I write a ton of shit, and that's what I get sidetracked with. Like I'll be mixing a band, and I'll get really bored, or just I, I'll be doing like tedious editing work, and I'll just be like, oh god, I can't do this anymore. I can't listen to this part anymore. And yeah, I'll just turn it off and just start working on my own stuff. But uh, aside from that, I mean, as you know, like I'm I'm in Blind My Burial. Yeah. I guess, I don't even know how to term it, it's just like, an interesting topic. We actually just started getting back together, writing again, and we're looking to like, probably start fresh with a new project. I mean, we're still getting all the logistics done, but definitely writing with, it feels good to be writing with a band, like my band yeah, again, especially I mean, those dudes, because yeah. I've been with them forever. You should be doing something, you have like yeah. a nice 
core of talented people. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck aren't you doing anything? Burnout, I get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, I guess, I haven't been in Black for 10 years, but the band's been around for 10 years. Yeah. And I've probably been in a band for like six or seven. I, I'm not even counting. I can't even figure that out right now. But I've been in the band for like forever. So, I mean, just everything that came with that name, it's just kind of like, we, that's why we're thinking about starting fresh with something new and okay. a little different. I mean, we're still, we write how we write. It's just how it comes out. We're not going to try to write something that is out of our realm or something that doesn't come out naturally, but we're definitely going to... But you maybe don't want to be tied down by a specific set of expectations. Yeah, we want to or... st- yeah. Yeah, start new, something fresh, something that just comes natural, then uh-huh. roll with it. Totally. Much. That I talked to a friend of mine who paints, mm-hmm. and she doesn't tell like she sells artwork online mm-hmm. but doesn't put it out under her name and doesn't really talk to her friends much about it okay because that way she could always have this uh freedom to do whatever she wants to do with her art if she doesn't want to do it for a while it's not like all these people are like why isn't so and so painting it's yeah. like nobody knows mm-hmm. and i really like i envy that i wish i could <laughs> have that in some way cuz yeah. i always feel like if i'm not doing something for X amount of time, or if I do something and it's bad, I'm like, oh, I'm ruining my name. Yeah. Nobody really gives a shit, really, in the long run, but <laughs> I think that it's really easy to believe that more people care than they actually care if yeah. you get absorbed in the whole social media thing, which you haven't. Yeah, I don't go on. Yeah, I... Not that I hate it, I just... My days, and this isn't me trying to, like exaggerate my days are so nuts that i don't even have time to like pick up my phone check that shit so i just distance myself from it sure it just happens naturally sure and i don't get tied up in i don't know like someone will hit me up about some problem they're having on facebook i'm like i don't care yeah the fuck do i care yeah i don't (laughs) fuck with that but it's like i get really tied up in it very easily just by like hey like trying to get people to come to a show oh, no, no, or like yeah, doing things like that. It's, it's a like tool for that. You oh, need, it's, it, awesome. it's so easy to get sidetracked while you're trying to be productive mm-hmm. on social media, which means like how productive is it? I don't know. Yeah. It's, ugh. Now you have to like pay for promotion. And yeah. Stuff. Well, now, now, now we're getting sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just, yeah. um, but back to, uh, we'll say, let's go back to 2010 real quick. Okay. Well, We'll move forward from there. Oh, yeah, we got really so, side <laughs> It doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah. You got these bands coming to you now, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, it's at a point now where you've recorded a lot of bands, some bands that are, people actually give a shit about. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty cool. Did you think, like, four years ago you would be in this position where you are now? No. I had literally no idea. Are you, yeah. are you, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, like, you're okay with it. Are you, oh, like, yeah. super stoked, or are you just like, eh, it's whatever. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. I mean, yeah. I'm glad that I've gotten to where I've gotten, and I've gotten stuff. I'm glad that I've gotten to be on, like, a few, especially a few releases recently. Yeah. But, um, I'm definitely happy about it, and I wouldn't have not done it. I mean, sure. it's, it's a good feeling, being able to, like, have people that want to come record with me. It's awesome. hmm Do you, uh get um let's say like how how many projects do you think you do is there like an average that you always or is it just very random it's i book it as i can like yeah recently it's been really tough are you trying to do it full time or are you doing like a day job thing too i want to eventually the running your own business is very expensive um 
the the amount of I guess the way I'm trying to say this is the bands that I get don't have the budget for the amount of money you have to do uh, sure. to get to be it full time. Yeah. If I were getting like constant flow of like label bands, bands that had a huge budget to record for a couple weeks, uh huh. I can see myself doing it full time. But since I'm still trying to keep my prices as low as I can, but managing my time as I can, you know, I, I can't do it as, as a full-time right now. Sure. Especially with, you know, how expensive things are. And But, yeah, like, today I was getting overwhelmed after work. I looked at my inbox from my email and my Facebook, and I was just like, oh, my God. There's, like, 20-plus inquiries. I'm just like, I have to go through these one day. My inbox is, like, really bad. Do right you now. ever turn down any projects? I try not to, but recently I, I've been pretty much booked up through July. So it's okay. like, how do I... I just have to tell people, like, I can't until this date. Some are some are okay with it. Some are, you know... They want to get it done soon. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Which is understandable. I'm yeah, not, I'm yeah, not yeah. trying to turn down work and try not to tell people no. But, but I just can't. physically can't. Like, <laughs> there's can't no way it. for me to do it. <laughs> um, Is the majority of the stuff... Or the bands that hit you up? Is it, like, heavier bands? Have you done yes. any projects that are not heavy? I have. Um, I've done... If it's if it's not heavy, it's usually, like, like kind of, like, pop-punk genre. Okay. I haven't done country or... I don't do a lot of hip-hop or rap or anything. Yeah. But majority, I would say, is definitely Rock. heavy. Rock and metal. Rock and metal, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay, what is, like... I don't know, say, like, some of, like your favorite work that you've had like projects one of my favorite recent projects is definitely delusions of grandeur okay that was one of my favorite projects and even though i didn't engineer it i didn't gabe he recorded it but took it from there and it i think it turned out awesome i guess one of the biggest releases i've done recently is rings of saturn yeah that was huge um that draw a lot of attention which is Another overwhelming thing. <laughs> is that, like, one of the bigger projects that you've done? Yeah. As far as, like, I don't know, a band that people know about? I, I would guess. say so. Yeah. Um, another cool project was, I did that Those Who Fear single before they got on Face Down. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. On. Um, that sounds right, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not good with that stuff, I don't... Yeah. It's not that I don't want to follow that kind of, that kind of stuff, I just... You just took it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but that was, that was a cool release, um... I've pretty much done all the recent The Last stuff, which has been awesome, because that's just however I want it to be. Yeah. I was always really... Do you feel like... I was always curious at the time when... I guess when your last album came out, you weren't recording Double Last stuff, uh, and I was always really curious why that was, you oh. weren't doing it. Okay. So, we went into the album signed with SOA, I think. It yeah, was. yeah, yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. Were they like some division of like candlelight or yes, some shit like that? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Again, I just am super <laughs> forgetful. <laughs> sure. But so we went into that with a with a budget supposedly, and then we went to a producer in Cleveland who they wanted to send us there to track it, and then the down payment kept getting delayed, and we were like, all right, we'll cover the down payment. Money never came up. They got backlogged with money from a really bad release i guess so they never gave us the money we just ended up being like pretty much like fuck this we're just gonna finish it ourselves at that point i was just like brian hood who's like been a good friend of ours we sent it off to him to get mixed and then that was that yeah okay I, at that point i didn't want any hand in it i was like 
Okay, so off. it started as like a, um, this label's paying to get this done. We might yeah. as well just go somewhere. I'll just play drums. I don't got to worry about anything else. Cool. Yes, it was, it was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was a really and it, it, even at that point, I wasn't up to par at all. Sure. With my like. So you feel like at that time you probably couldn't have gotten it to sound the way you would no hope for. But now you're at that point. Yeah, and I would do anything for us now. Like I did solicit our last single, which was yeah. released in like. 2013 October. Sure. And I'm going to do all our new stuff whenever we decide to do that. But I'm super, just a side note, super excited for the new whatever we're going to do. Cool. Because it's, man, I love it. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> cool. the favorite stuff that. Getting back into your, like, writing. Metal, uh, oh, yeah. Heaviness, yeah. all that shit. Now, okay, let's let's talk about, like, least favorite projects. But we don't have to name anybody. I'm not, definitely not going to name anyone. <laughs> I definitely have a couple stories though. That's what I want to. <laughs> I'm really curious. I like uh, bad recording stories. Yeah. So I'm recording this band in my parents' basement when I lived in Plum with them. This was probably around 2011. Still in college, and I'm just we're just laying down guitars, and this kid goes off, goes to the bathroom, whatever. There, it's like a 12 by 24 room. And then you go out into this little hallway with a bathroom and a laundry room. That was a downstairs. And then, like, a garage. It was a little split level. Uh -huh. And kid goes into the bathroom. Ten minutes later, he comes out. He's just hanging out. Another kid goes to the bathroom. I'm still tracking. Didn't even think anything of it at this point. I mean, looking back on it, I should have. Other kid goes to the bathroom. But you're, like, in the zone, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. In the zone. Other, he comes out. Everyone starts going out there. I'm like, what is happening? I guess he flushed the toilet. Well, after he pissed, came back in, it was five minutes later when everyone started going out there. I go out there, the basement's starting to flood with, like, piss and shit water. And it's, so it's just, it's pouring out. I'm just like, what is happening? Why didn't you guys tell me about this? They were trying to fix it with, like, nice, my mom's nice hand towels. They were just, like, wiping up this shit and piss water. It's all over the laundry room, coming into, the, like, the studio room. I'm just, I, was, I just told him to leave. I was like, you guys gotta go. And I ended up taking, like, the rest of the day to clean it up. It was disgusting. If they would have just told me that it was clogged, I could have just plunged it. They were just too embarrassed, I guess. Oh, man. That was awful. I also had someone come. I used to do this, I guess, before digital copies were popular, when people used to get CDs and stuff. Bands wanted just to come over, listen to their final mixes, and get CDs and leave. Band comes over, gets their final mix, leaves, like, runs out, doesn't pay me. I was just like... Cool. <laughs> well, I mean, like, in the Pittsburgh scene, how are you going to do that one? Was that the end of that one? story? Yeah. I mean, I ended up talking to, like, their friends, and I got, it, it worked out, but it was just like, what? What just happened? <laughs> like, I'm just trying to be nice, you know, give you your stuff, and okay, that was that. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've had pretty good experiences, other than bands just being loud or sneaky and drinking and then throwing up everywhere, but that's... Oh, man. I mean, it sounds like I've had a lot of bad experiences, but from all the bands I've recorded, I really have. Sure. What really about, do you come across the issue of bands that come to you like, hey, we're ready to record this album, and then they get there, and you feel like they have one-fourth of an album written? Yes. <laughs> and then I end up having to write, like, the whole thing with them. Yeah. I don't, I'm not saying that every band's like that. It seems like out-of-state bands are like that. Oh, really? They'll come and... I just have to pretty much re either rework because the songs just make absolutely no sense or just help them write the whole thing. Okay. Which, as of recent, I don't, 
I charge differently for that because you know how much more time that takes to actually oh, sure. write with a band. And like I'll produce your album, meaning I will help you. The way I look at it is, you, you know, when we initially talk, you have your stuff written and I'll produce your album as far as manage your parts. I'll help you put in production, throw you ideas. If you want like a writing session with me, then that's going to be completely different. Because I mean that though that is producing, it's a shit ton more work and sure. It's, if I did it full time, I would do every album like that. But since I don't do that, I can't. There's no way I'd have time to yeah get as many bands as I do. No, do you think that the reason you do that is because you don't want something going out into the world with your name on it that just doesn't make sense? Yes. Regardless of like how clean it sounds, if it's still like a exactly. bad a bad song and your name's on it, you feel like. Yep, and I'm the you're, you're you're responsible for that. Responsible, and I mean, even as far as editing, like I am super anal about that because I don't want something sounding like trash. I sure, mean, I, I got. You mean like 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 were we talking like like quantizing and fixing yeah. weird things? Like if somebody can't play their shit right? Yeah, yeah. Or I'll I just, mean, or I'll go back in and just fix it and play it myself for a part or two, like. I mean, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to say that, like, right now. I mean, it just happens. It's sure. Just, do mean, you tell people when you do that? No. I just say it's part of the editing process. I mean, I'm not trying to... <laughs> part... <laughs> like, if I can't... If I'm sitting there and I can't fix it, especially with bands that send me their mixing files, if I sit, if I just cannot fix it, I will just... I'll just bust out my guitar, tune it, fix the part real quick, and I'll, I'll like, adjust the... Um, impedance so it matches and then I'm done so so when so when you're switching when I'm reamping the tone just doesn't completely drastically change yeah sure I'll change like the EQ of the guitar so it matches the EQ of their guitar or vice versa do you get a lot of like mixing projects more recently I've been taking on more because I've been like if a band will want to record with me I'll try to get them to go to a studio record it especially if they're out of state because accommodating a band out of state is just a lot of work Sure. Um, but yeah, I have been getting more mixing projects recently. Also because bands just don't want to pay to actually record when they can do it themselves, which is totally understandable. Um, I actually prefer that. <laughs> really? You don't have a hard time with um, getting files that just sound bad? That is what I was going to actually talk about with the <laughs> editing thing. So I got, a, I got a project one time that the guitars were so out of tune and just bad that I just sent it back. I was like, can't do this. There's no way. I was like, I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just not going to work. There's no way. Sure. But a lot of the times, I'll make a very stern um, request to be like, and I'll talk to the, I'll ask them who's producing it. I'll be like, everything, you're getting paid, make sure that, you know, if, if, if they're not paying you enough, ask more and make this sound good because it's not, it's not going to sound good in the long run if they just skimp out and record with one of their friends and doesn't oh, sure. care about it. You know what I mean? That's the whole can't polish a turd thing. Yes. <laughs> and then you have your name on the turd. Yeah. My name on, like, the back end, like, <laughs> mixing and mastering, which is, like... Oh, yeah, make, like, the most important sounding part. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you... So you do mastering and stuff. Yeah. Now, how do you feel about that mastering? Uh, there's no <laughs> dynamics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, are you talking from, like, that perspective or, like, the whole DDP image kind of thing? Just, like, figuring it out, getting in the nitty-gritty of it, uh, it's, what's, 
what I'm fortunate is is that I recorded a lot of the same style. So okay. it's just fine tuning each time. It I it probably took me about six months to actually get my mastering chain decent. And then after that it was just fine tuning. And then it's completely different for pop punk and like hip hop and stuff because oh, sure. completely different dynamics. But for metal you can I can pretty much stick to the same that's why a lot of studios will charge hundred dollars to master a song whereas it'll be a thousand dollars to mix and master it because that's how much more of the process is mixing oh yeah people totally. don't realize that it's you can only do so much with mastering if your mix isn't even and balanced mm -hmm. your master's never gonna turn out right ever yeah and i think that there's that that is definitely a problem i think like you want to try to get the best sounding signal from the gate yeah. Like the I mean, if you're working with a lot of direct in stuff, you've more options to play with. Mm -hmm. But if you're like tracking everything totally live yeah. in a situation like that, you really want to make sure everything sounds as good as it possibly can from the gate. And yeah. not like, oh, we'll get to it later. We'll get to it mm -hmm. later. Because when you get to mastering, it's not like some magic wand that's going to yeah. make everything great. Speaking of, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go way back. Because I just thought, I, I couldn't think of bands when I was thinking of, like, my favorite projects. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to just put this back there, but yeah, anyway. just leave it here. <laughs> <laughs> the Rawness, I recorded uh, this band Left Behind from Charleston, West Virginia. Okay. Everything was track live. Drums, I mean, coming from my studio, I usually like to reamp guitars. I usually like to do sampling. Drums are all live except for the kick. I, do, I always do pad kick because live kick always fucks up the mics. I hate doing it. Anyways. <laughs> Everything was live, and that's the kind of situation where you know everything has to start. Everything has to sound good right from the start. And yeah, it did it? I love that recording. It's super raw and just in your face hits. They used all their own heads and cabs, and it worked out pretty cool. And then another project that I really like was this band called Embracer, which is like a dance game and dance. Okay, so that's like a different style that I've done, which has been like one of my favorite projects I did. It was only two songs, and that turned out like. One of my favorite recordings I've done. And the songs are awesome. They ended up actually recording with Matt Malpass for their last EP. Don't know that guy. He does... I think he did... He did some cool bands. Okay. <laughs> Maybe like Old Lydia or something. I don't sure. Know. He did some cool bands. Do but... you... When taking on a project, do you feel like overwhelmed if a band wants to track like a whole album? Do you prefer doing like EPs? Yes. <laughs> If it's a whole album, I'll definitely split it up over a course of a month tracking-wise because I just, I get burnt out. I mean, especially trying to shove all of that session time into, like, say, a weekend or oh, something. Oh, sure, especially if you're working with people that want you to help write. Yeah, it's really overwhelming. So I definitely prefer doing Seven and Below. But, I mean, I'm not going to say no to an album. I mean, I'll just make sure that they know it's not going to be a quick turnaround because I mean even mixing that's going to take a while. Yeah. So whenever you track projects, do you do everything in individual projects or will you have like the whole project in one file? It depends if the band doesn't So if the band doesn't really want a bunch of transitions, I'll do it separately and then I always end up putting it in one session later. Okay. It's it's I guess that's kind of like an iffy thing. Most of the time, I'll just put it in one session. Yeah. It's just easier. I feel like it's easier just for me when I'm working on something. Mm -hmm. Just to see, like, 
how cohesive everything is. Yeah. You know, make sure that, like, so I can, like, zoom out and I can see, like, everything. Even though it's, like, at that point, the wave files are just all blocks. Yeah. I can't really see what they are. I feel like it's easier to skim through and make sure that my levels throughout track to track are easier. Mm -hmm. The only thing I don't like about doing that is why I will do it in separate sessions is say there's, like, a weird tempo change or meter change and I forget oh, about sure. something later, then I'll... I'll just forget about it, and it'll all get fucked up, and I'll be looking back on what I did. I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's not that I'm super forgetful about that kind of stuff, but I just don't want to risk it. I'd rather just do it separately. And then I'm really good at importing stuff, so I'll do it separately, and then I'll just end up after I get everything edited, and I know it's going to be this tempo, this is done. I'll just bring it into one session and just mix it that way. Sure. Yeah, I can't imagine, like, if you're working with, like, some weird, like, I like let's say, like, you're recording colors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine what the project file mm -hmm. for that album looks like. Because to my understanding, I think that they tracked that in one big file. Yeah. And they probably had that shit planned out. Oh, I'm I sure. Mean, second for second. Yeah. I mean, Jamie King's an awesome producer, but that band is so talented that they he probably had like l limited say. Yeah. Um, if you're talking about Between the Barriers. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I just recorded a band, Prominence. Who's like a local band there. Okay. Up and coming. Man, they had some meter and tempo changes throughout. It was like going from like 15, 16 to 3, 4 to 11, 8. It was fucking crazy. Does it work? But, oh, yeah. For cool. sure. For them. Their songs sound awesome. Is that? Is really that? excited for them. Is Jeff Russo in that band? No, he's in Improvidence. Improvidence. What, yeah. what was the band you said? Prominence. Prominence. Impro <laughs> yeah, okay. That's pretty close. All right, yeah. so those are close enough. Let's <laughs> say, because I know that he is into that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. So it was all making sense. Yeah. But okay, whatever. Another band. Whoops. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> pretty similar. Yeah. So, um, the solo stuff you do, it's like metal, I guess, or mm -hmm. do you go do, all over the place? I go all over the place, yeah. Okay. I'll record really soft stuff. And my soft stuff isn't happy. It's very. A lot of minor chords and I don't know. It's it's like if you take, I mean this this doesn't sound like it at all, but the the feel of it is it like if you were to take all the clean parts in between and bury me, like the very ambient serious parts, not the little. No, yeah, parts, yeah, sure. And put that into like a acoustic band. That's okay. That's what that stuff sounds like. Metal wise, it's a mix between that and like Tesseract. Okay. Listen to Tesseract. Yeah, that's one of my favorite bands too. But. Mm. So, let's go, let's, let's rewind, like, okay. a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, starting, like, at, when did you start playing music, in general? And why? So... Like, what was, like, your first favorite band? Rush. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I started playing drums when I was probably seven or something. Okay. And I just, I'm self-taught with drums, and yeah. I just kind of, like, picked it up and my dad was a guitar player for a cover band way back in the day they just i mean he was in an 80s band like hair metal band they oh were awesome fucking awesome but i mean he had a kid so he had to stop and all that stuff okay but uh yeah he was in a cover band so i just kind of like played drums and picked up on it i was super into sports up until i would say i was 16 because i had like arm problems ligaments torn all ah that shit but so, I mean, music is always just, like, the side thing until that kind of happened. Then I got super serious about music and 
I think I I didn't start playing guitar until I was fifteen ish, maybe fourteen. Definitely fourteen. Okay. It's hard to put out. So you were already playing drums for oh, half yeah. of your life at that point. Yeah, oh, yeah. And then uh-huh. picked up guitar. Just because I wanted to learn something new. I was at the time I was like Were you in any bands at this point? Or were you just like fucking around at home? Um just fucking around with my friends at home. Yeah. I think when I was I guess when I was fifteen my first band would have been this band called Neramic. Okay. My very, very first band. I was really young. Sounds yeah. like like something that would be on the X. It was very corn. Okay. It sounded exactly like corn. Awesome. I had no say in the writing, obviously. I didn't know how to play guitar. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Were you into any of that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. For sure. I mean, it was like Slipknot corn era. Yeah. And I love that stuff, yeah. But, yeah, after that, it just kind of moved from band to band, trying to find something I liked with, like, my buddies. I mean, because I just kind of, I don't remember how I even met them. I think it was through a friend, so I was just in a band with random people. That, I became friends with them. Yeah. But it didn't, it wasn't just, like, a natural band thing. And then I was in Baghead for a while. Okay. I don't know if you know. Yeah, um, I remember that name. That yeah. was, I was really young at that point, too. Maybe I, okay, maybe my first band when I was 14, trying to think about it. I remember my dad running me around when I was in Baghead before I could drive, so that's because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he didn't want yeah, me. I probably out. saw. I I know I saw them a few times. I may have seen you. I just didn't know. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. He didn't want me being out with like twenty three year old dudes playing. I mean, I was couldn't even drive, so <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. But yeah, after that, it just you know band to band, and finally found Bly and kind of just stuck with that through. Mm-hmm. So, because you were recording them, right? Why? Yeah, yeah. I okay. recorded their very first stuff on my yeah. old equipment. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and just kind of transitioned into being a drummer when their drummer went off to college. I think that's what happened. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, word. So it worked out. <laughs> okay. Um, trying to let's see. It's, it's really weird looking back on everything. It's I don't even know why. <laughs> It's hard remembering some of the stuff I did without actually thinking them. It's just, it just happens. I mean, I don't even think about stuff sometimes. I don't know. It's crazy. My mind throughout the day is just like constantly going. I don't even have time to reflect on anything that sure. I've done. I just, I just keep going. What is your like day job life like? So I work in IT. Okay. I work for Highmark and I do like voice stuff and contact center stuff and that, like all that stuff. And I wake up at five in the morning. It's, I get there at seven and I leave usually by four unless something's going crazy. But it, it's, it's one of those jobs where you don't ever stop working. So we have, you know, we have to support call centers and stuff. We have clients all through and we have to do everything after hours. Everything that we have to do with the system has to be after hours. So I'll, I'll be, there'll be some weekends where, during the work week, I'll work, you know, 7 a.m. to 5 every day. After work, I'll be coming home, working in the studio. On the weekends, I'll have a session Saturday and Sunday. But on Friday and Saturday night, I'll be working, like, 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. doing, like, a change for my work. So oh, okay. my life's pretty much work. <laughs> and that's not even an exaggeration. It's crazy. So. How long have you been doing the Highmark thing? Um, 
I started in November, and then before that I was with a different company. Okay, doing something, like, similar, similar. Yeah. Same bullshit. They just offered me, like, a lot more money. So <laughs> I just transferred over. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, do you see yourself ever really transitioning to this, like, a full-time producer thing? I want to. That is my ultimate goal. Yeah. I mean, if I could do it full-time and not be broke, I, I want to do it, yeah. Sure. So, I mean, my theory is... The reason why I work, you know, like a full-time job and stuff, I like to put money back into my studio. So I don't I don't like to just go with the bare basics. I mean, that's how I keep upgrading my equipment and get my stuff sounding better. People think they can just work in their programs and buy all the plugins they can. When it, in reality, it's, you know, what amp you have. I mean, you can only use Podfarm so much. Sure. So, I mean, I'd like to just put all my money into my studio and I... The full-time thing helps me keep my prices where they are, too, mm -hmm. which helps out. Do you want to transition to... You were saying you want to transition to more, like, outboard stuff and live yeah. recording and mm -hmm. doing that. Do you think that in that um, expansion, that will invite more styles of music for you to record? I hope so. Because I think that a lot of the stuff that you do, like, the more technical stuff... Mm -hmm. Obviously, I think most of that thrives off of a more direct, meticulous style of oh, recording. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. So, and I, it, it seems to me that's the kind of stuff that you like working with the mm -hmm. most, and that's the kind of music that you like yeah. the most, yeah. if you're in the, like, Between the Bear and Me and mm -hmm. Tesseract and yeah. all that shit. But so I do enjoy, I mean, like, when I do a band with live drums and they need live drums. So, I mean say a band that is really tech and they want to do live drums sometimes i'll be like no it's not going to sound right i mean if you want this to sound like a new age release you need to at least have some processing in it they want they think that live drums is what is what's going to set them apart when when they hear it back it's like this is your drums with no sampling it sounds bad in the sure. style it's just the way it works so when I do get to record something that sounds the way it should and the way I envision it for live drums, live recorded guitars, I enjoy recording that <laughs> and making it sound cool. As as a drummer, how do you feel about like drum replacements, sampling, sound replacements, quantizing, all that shit? I, I mean, it's gotten to the point where it's a standard, but yeah, it's pretty... My thing about that is if you can play it almost to that, drums is pretty much the backbone of the recording. And if it doesn't sound tight, your recording's not going to sound tight. Sure. So it definitely has to be quantized to a point. So when I quantize, say a not-so-tight drummer, I'll usually, you know, instead of quantizing with like a 60% on ratio, which makes it sound still natural, I can't do that with like a drummer that's not that tight. I have to actually manually go in and adjust everything, and mm -hmm. that's what makes it sound 100% on everywhere. Yeah. But it's nice, or when you have to s just sample drum or um, program drums from the beginning, it's not going to sound as natural as it should. But when you have a drummer, like I'll record a drummer that will record on my electric kit with real cymbals or something, and he's super on, I'll just do like a 60%, like I'll do each little, I don't know, I'll go four measures at a time, kind of like line up the ends of the measures. Like I'll do like the first hit and then the last hit of those four measures 
and then I'll quantize at 60%, and that kind of gives it that natural feel still, okay. with it making the recording tight, which you don't, those are things that the, the end listener doesn't really realize, but sure. if you're a musician, you will. And yeah. That, that's... I don't even know what the question was, but I kind of just no, went just, off on I just, like a it's tangent. just like a, a curiosity between like someone who grew up like probably like Neil Peart's my fucking homie mm-hmm. to like you know oh, yeah. this like more modern age where sure like drummers can be technically proficient enough to play the stuff with mm-hmm. live mics, but music has evolved to a point that like even if a drummer can play this, it's like we still might replace all of the sounds in this anyways oh yeah yeah. we might program it if we want it to sound like this and Mm -hmm. i think it's like a weird balance between for you because i think not every producer is also someone that's been playing drums for the majority of their life no i i I think it's necessary nowadays i mean it may not be what some people want to hear they want to hear like every i mean i guess it depends on the style of music too yeah yeah for sure i mean if it's something that needs or that I hear needs to be live and raw, more raw, I'll keep it that way. But if it needs to be tight, programmed, that whole sampling thing, then I'll do it that way. But to keep it to keep it within that band, I try to take samples from their kit um, as much as I can. Like just have them like hit stuff? I'll do they... multi-samples. So okay. I'll do six crack hits on the snare, six hard hits, six... Hard medium. I mean, there's like yeah, ten velocity layers, so it makes it sound pretty natural. And I have all my kit, all my cymbals sampled by me. That way, I can get all the chokes and natural swells and all that stuff if I do need to program drums, and so it doesn't sound stupid. So yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So ultimately, it's like a. I don't care what I need to do, whatever. I'll do whatever I want to get it to... Whatever I need to to get it to sound the way I want. Yes. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if it's two guitar layers or 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever I feel that I want it to sound like, I'll do it. Yeah. And and that's I guess that's what has kind of come over time as being a producer. It's like, you can only listen to... I mean, yeah, I listen to other recordings to get an idea of what other people are doing. But I kind of want to be... And it probably doesn't show yet, because I haven't, you know, perfected my work or anything. But I try to be as original as I can with what I do. You can only, I guess, do so much. You got a hundred million people to try to do the same thing as you. So sure. Well, I think that. I mean, I think the the one thing that will probably set you apart it would be like your your genuine passion for yeah. wanting to capture like a good sound, mm-hmm. rather than somebody that's just. I want to make my band sound really good, and yeah. I don't know. It's or like this band, like every other band. I mean, I, I try to, like before I record a band, and this is going back to the, I'll try to record any band I can, I'd like the band to have pre-production so I can get an idea of what they sound like, and that like vibe of, this is what I'm expecting to do, and this is what I want to do, and get prepared to do it. A lot of bands don't have that capability, so I try to get them to, Tell me the general genre. What kind of bands do you? You never go to like from? a band practice or go to a show or anything. You just no, have the time, man. I. It's really hard, because like every weekend that I would, I'm just recording every weekend or I'm working, so it's hard for me to get out of my realm. <laughs> yeah. So, 
I pretty much am locked in my basement at all times. <laughs> like sure. tonight, when I get home, I'll probably work in the studio until midnight or so and go to bed and wake up at five for work. Yeah, I mean, whenever you leave here, I'm going to be getting back to my album that I'm working on. That's it's going to awesome. be yeah. mixing. What, what is the... Uh... It's the new Sykes album. Okay, yeah, I didn't know if it was yeah, a it's for project or... No, it's for, it's for Sykes, and I have like... Because I have a live band that plays with me now. Oh, sick. So we tracked all live drums. Okay. Um, I did all of the guitars and bass and stuff direct in, but mm -hmm. it sounds good. I actually think that the direct in bass and guitars blend better with all of the background synth tracks. Okay. Because it's like... A lot More digital, tighter. tighter and yeah, nice. and the way that my guitar player, we like run his stuff through a ton of like, he has like a huge pedal board and all this weird shit. So a lot of the stuff he's doing sounds like synth layers more than guitar layers to begin mm. with. So it blends, I think, a lot better. That's awesome. I'd rather just record everything super dry and then I can give like the same like room reverb to the synth and the guitar so it all yeah. washes together better than like having to try to compensate I, that's one thing that i i, I don't sh so much struggle with it but i hate doing this is like a not a pet peeve i just don't like doing pedals when i record when i reamp guitars oh sure i don't like doing delay pedals or reverb pedals unless it's would you rather just do it in post yeah because i mean until i'm mixing the song i don't know how much how wet or dry i want sure. that signal so it's if i reamp and i'm just stuck with it I do the same exact thing most, the majority of the time whenever I'm recording stuff. Mm -hmm. There's been like, there's some delay pedals that have like weird ping pongs that I just, for, I can never replicate them with plugins. Yeah. I mean, there's like, been so, a couple instances like, it's like just that like, for sure. You, I'll never, you'll never get it. Like, mm -hmm. it's just like, okay. Like yeah. if you listen to any of that, like weird Circus Survive stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, on like their first couple albums, well, there's some they, really awesome stuff that it's just like they definitely probably are. like a pedal running into another pedal. That's like the only way you're getting that fucking sound. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, if you ever listen to Minus the Bear at all, I haven't. No. Um, a lot of really like cool guitar pedal stuff with them too. That it's like there's no other way that this happened. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely instances where I'll do that too, because you just can't, like you said, replicate. But I, tr I mean, if I don't have to use a pedal, I won't. Do oh this. yeah. Especially if, like, you're... I think me and you have this OCD for things being perfectly on time. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really, really bad it for me, too. very bad. So I relate to you <laughs> yeah. in this. And, you know, if you're tracking a delay pedal, and it's like... I mean, like, sure, you could tap tempo in a live situation. It's fine, but it's not on. No. It's not on, There's guy. no way. I don't care what you <laughs> It's just, it's not on. Nope. I hate that. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Or, like, a trem. Yeah. It's just not the right note or it's, you can't tap it out perfectly it's just no okay gonna work yeah Ooh, this is a good conversation okay auto-tune <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <need> that face <laughs> that is a engineer's best friend <laughs> so um i i actually don't have i have zero almost zero experience using any auto-tune stuff, but I mean, I rap, I don't fucking sing. I don't yeah. typically record people that sing. Mm -hmm. But, I know you do. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> so, um, how, I'm really curious about, because I actually don't know any, I know a lot of people that record music, but nobody that really fucks with auto-tune that much, because it's all people that just record like, ah! like screamy yeah. bands and shit like that, yeah. or rappers. But, 
how do you... I don't know. How does auto-tune work? I use auto-tune for, for hip-hop. Don't use it for anything else. I do manual mode, like graphical. Okay, so you, are we talking like that, like, that, like, that T-Pain kind of weird yeah. auto-tune that's like almost like a weird effect? Yeah, rather I, don't, than... I don't do that. I, I usually just, like, if they, if someone, which no one recently has wanted that. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a if little someone, dated. <laughs> yeah, if someone wants, if someone wanted that, I'll do it in graphical mode and you can do, like, these little lines that make it loop. Oh, really? Loop okay. to loop. It, it's weird. Um, but as far as, I guess, pitch correction goes, I use Melodyne. And I have used that before. It's pretty it's, crazy. It's an awesome tool for, especially the new version, because you can adjust each note by send, and you you can, like, snap everything and then adjust it as needed. So it'll give you the note that the person is trying to hit, and then it'll give you their fluctuation in their voice. So if you want it to sound natural, you can just adjust the note that they're trying to hit, and then the, the voice fluctuation will go with it, but it'll still be the same dynamic of the voice. It'll just sound in tune, so it doesn't change at all. But then if you want to get, like, I don't know, all those newer bands, newer type metal bands that have to have perfect singing, you can just, like, do straight line, all, all the singing, which I don't like to do that, but if if it doesn't sound right, if, if the if the kid just can't sing, right? And yeah. He doesn't have a good dynamic voice, then I just do that. Because do you ever feel like, I'm not saying this has happened, but if it has happened, maybe, do you ever feel guilty, like, putting something out into the world that's just, like, not a fair representation of this band? Yes. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I, I don't ever talk about those kind of bands. Oh, sure. It, I guess it, yeah. Because I, I don't like to do that, but at the same time, it's like, yeah... They'll they'll hear it and they'll know. They'll be like, "Yeah, this is what, <laughs> this is what I did." <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's weird. I don't know. I, I did, a lot of every band. I mean, there is some editing pit, pitch correction that goes into it. I'm not discounting that, but when it's so extreme that you know it's not what you're doing, then that's when you can look back and be like, "Whoa, I should probably learn how to do this better." <laughs> do you ever like? have any experience with bands that maybe think they know what they're doing yes. and then they come in and you're just like cracking the whip and they're just like, well, I do was, they get like pissy. Yes. You I was actually, um, if I, there's been definitely a handful of bands where I've recorded and you know, I'll suggest ideas or I'll be like, Hey, this just does not sound good. Like they'll do a guitar harmony and it just out of key or something. Stupid. Yeah. I'll be like, can we, change this and I'm, I'm i'm like supposed to be what's making it sound good and they're just not having any of it i mean they just will be like no so then i'll have to like fight with them and like usually one because I'm, I'm not putting something out that sounds that bad and if they're so passionate about it where it needs to be like that then i'll be like oh my god we have to, then i'll make compromises but do you ever like like can you, like, have something like that recorded and play it back for them and say, like, do you not hear this? That's what I try to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll try to do that. Or, you know, with the drumming thing, if, if a band thinks that there needs to be live drums and there can't be live drums, I'll do the same thing. I'll just play it back and be like, see how this does not sound the way you guys, I think that you should sound. And they'll be like, okay. And usually, like, one person in the band will get it and then they'll talk about it and we'll finally come to an agreement. But it's just the process of getting to that, like them finally stop they just like oh, stop sure. being stubborn 
then it, we're, we're there and it's yeah. finally working again. But I imagine it's probably really hard if you ever come across a drummer in one of these heavy bands. It's like a real light hitter. Yeah. And it just doesn't sound like angry. Like tough. how much can you like replace and fix in a situation like that? That's where, that's one thing that I am super good at is editing drums. <laughs> like, I, I can make pretty much anything sound good. I mean, I've taken... I did... So, not to, like, name drop it... And not to, like, point them out, but chances are high. I recorded... They, they like, did a, a full length, like, a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. And they had a drummer and guitar player that played with them for the first two songs that they recorded, and then they quit, but... They did the drum tracks for those two songs, like live drums. I took those two songs and molded them into the other eight songs from just those two live tracks. And it didn't sound, it didn't sound bad. It didn't sound warped or anything. I took like hits, I blended them, I crossfaded them. It was a really tedious process, but that's... Like, sounds like it. You can't even tell. <laughs> it just sounds like a natural drum recording. It's pretty cool. Um, I know that... We'll probably wrap up in a minute here. That's fine. Um, electronics in bands. I know you've like written a lot, done a lot of like electronic interludes yeah, for yeah. bands and stuff like that. Do you mess with any electronic stuff on your own? I have on the side. I have. Right, are you into it? I am into it to a point because that'll be one of the things that I'll do when I get sidetracked, and then I listen back to it and it's like really sick. Like I'll make like a really cool electronic. I mean. Not even like any genre specific, just I don't know, like very some bleeps and bloops and yeah, shit, exactly. Yeah. And I listen back and be like, that's super sick, but I'll probably will never do anything with it, <laughs> just like anything else I've done on my own. And then I'll stop and I'll tell myself I have to finish this band because they're waiting for their CD. And <laughs> I'll go back to finishing the band, but I definitely mess with that kind of stuff, and it's really cool because I I have pretty much all the plugins you need to do it. I sure. Mean, and I'm really good at making my own. Like synthesizers and blending just different signs and stuff, but it's, it's pretty fun. So do you think we'll ever hear your solo work? The catalog, the box set? <laughs> there is like, there, oh my god. <laughs> There's probably like over at least 40 projects that I've just started at least. Probably close to 20 that are finished, but I don't know. Maybe I'll release something. Like, how much of a hassle would it really be for you to just put it out? Or do you like that it's just kind of, like, your thing? Like, I do you do not like want to get distracted by, like, putting it out there and then having people, like, talk to you about it? Yeah, it, it's that. And honestly, I haven't ever mixed one of my own projects. Oh, okay, so weird? these are all, like... They're all finished songs. Like, they'll be finished songs. I'll just never mix it. I don't know why. I'll just keep it that rough, shitty pre-production sounding mix, and I'll just listen to it in my car and be like, yeah. You know what it's going to sound like. To it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit in my car and like listen to like this really bad recording of myself or something. And I, not that it's really bad. I mean, it's still... Do you feel like that that gives you that feeling that you might have had like when you first heard your own music recorded as like... Oh, yeah. Like a teenager. Like you still have it. Yeah. yeah. Yep, back to that eight track, just scratching stuff out, and I mean, it, maybe maybe that's how you can stay young forever. Yeah, it's just don't mix those songs. Don't mix them. Don't release them. Don't <laughs> yeah. do anything with them. Just listen to them and just be like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> yeah, and I record them 
all really tight. They're all perfect. I just never mix them, and I just leave them with like stock pod farm and yeah. samples I made or whatever. It's but you know, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll release it, but right now I'm just focusing on writing for the new project, which I'm pretty stoked about. Uh huh. Awesome. I'm, I'm stoked for that too. Excited to. I mean, I haven't even. Are you a fan of playing shows, yes. touring? Yeah. Things like that? You're into that? I mean, we've definitely had our fair share of really bad tours, which is kind of, I guess what I'm trying to say is we we would like, if I were to tour with another band, I would like it to be like a really thought out, planned out tour instead of just thrown together or like a tour that we just agreed to and it turns out to be like three drop shows in a row and it's just like bad turnouts done that for like a couple years i mean not that i don't like it i do like it but it just gets hard i mean because yeah you don't it's hard to get from show to show you're, you're playing for people that don't care yeah i think it it's really hard too if you have this life at home mm-hmm. that's like kind of put together like yeah if you're taking time away from your job that you make more than enough to support yourself and your hobbies with mm-hmm. you're taking time away from your hobbies and like friends or significant others family all depending that is, on that is a huge aspect so i mean like you know doing these shitty shows is like fuck but when you're like younger or if you're just like someone who's older but still doesn't have their life together like a lot of people in bands are for whatever reason yeah you can kind of deal with it and it's not mm-hmm. A big deal, but it is harder. Yeah, if you are and I will say the whole logistics and like show to show. I mean, it's I will say it's awesome being with your friends and like that whole thing after the show. But I mean, all the drives and stuff. I will say the one thing that makes it worth it is like like once you get on stage and you're done and like you feel super stoked on the set you just play. Yeah, why I keep saying stoked? I hate that word. Anyways, (laughs) apparently you don't. (laughs) Yeah, apparently I don't. It's been my filler word. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really good feeling playing. And I mean, that is my ultimate hobby is playing drums. So being on stage with, you know, my best friends and stuff playing shows, it's awesome. It's just, it would be more awesome if you were able to play for more people that cared. I mean, there'll be shows where there won't be a lot of people, but there'll be five people there that are like hardcore fans. Oh, and that's enough. That's enough. Oh yeah. But if there aren't those kids, you're just like, ugh. And then people start walking away because they don't know what the hell is going on. I feel like, um, it seemed, I don't know if this was an issue. It was just always an issue that I assumed was an issue with Belay. And it seemed like a lot of the tours and the bands that you were playing with were like good bands, but not like good fits. No. And I I feel like that would like tie into shows where like you're in cities playing with bands that really don't fit. And like, you're always kind of like stuck like like i feel like you guys are really really good but always just like at the wrong show yeah we'll play with a we'll tour with a band that sounds off from us but they're still in the same realm i guess you can say you're you're loud screaming yeah but then there'll be a band that's closer to them that's way out of our realm yeah and it just doesn't make sense all of their that that like that local band that's way out of your realm it has their like fans or friends there that are into that shit that don't want to hear. They don't want to hear. Oh, they don't want to 
support new music, especially music that they don't know what's going on, and they, yeah. they just don't comprehend. Not, not that we're so hard that you can't comprehend, but when you're listening to a band that you've never heard live, it's hard to understand what's going oh, on. Oh, especially if it's, songs. Like, if it's like a technical metal band yeah. playing in like a VFW exactly. through like a like, shitty PA. You're not going to know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can just pretty much at that if point... If you're like a music nerd, you could stand there and watch the guitar player and watch the drummer and yeah. figure out what's going on. And but like if you're look just... for talent, but you can't understand what's actually happening in the song until yeah. you go back after and listen to it on the you know, yeah, on CD if you're, or something. If you're the dude that just came to Mosh... Who cares, man? I'm just hitting people. <laughs> Not even moshing Your anymore. Your stuff's too fast. Can't hit people to it. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe yeah, every once true. in a while. Like maybe one part out of our set. <laughs> yeah. You can go. You can go hit people. Um, with your with this new project, this new ambiguous thing, <laughs> are you planning on doing? Do you want to like hit the road again, or is it going to be like a more casual? Like, ah, eh, fuck it. We'll release something, play some shows here and there. Whatever happens, happens. That's. I guess the direction we're taking it now is we're going to, you know, make a series of videos probably as Bly to transition to the new project, you know, use our, use our outlets to promote the videos like music videos or studio videos, like just promotional any kind bullshitting. of video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just to get people back. Like, Oh, Hey, like Bly is doing something and then drop it on them. Like, yeah, like, we're doing something, but we're transitioning to a new project kind of thing. Yeah. We're going to use, like, you know, utilize our outlets. I mean, we have some good so I'm sure that Yeah, there's a good bit of people there that would like to know. Yeah. And if you just never made any announcement under the name, those people might never know. Yeah, and it'll and just be, like, a nice closing for that. Oh, sure. And just move to something else. And I think we will want to do touring, for sure. And play shows and but at first it's going to be one of those things where we'll worry about because we've never done the logistics part of the band right we've always just kind of like oh whatever whatever we'll do this we'll do this we never had like a strong promotional outlet where we just like hit things hard and we want to try to do that this time because how big the internet is and we can so do you think you want to do it yourselves this time like maybe not get caught up in the 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 empty promises Oh yeah, well, I mean, oh. after that happened, we just, we stopped with all that shit anyways. I mean, that was only yeah. like a one-time thing, we learned our lesson, we're like, okay, we're just gonna keep, I mean, we've always done it ourselves, and we'll try to keep it that way, so. All right. I think it's better for that, better for us. And yeah, I think that's like... Less to worry about. The, the music scene in general right now. Mm -hmm. I think if you have a good head on your shoulders and a positive attitude, regardless of how angry your music is yeah you can get people to get on board just yeah. need to we just i mean pretty much it's all about dedication to like promoting your band and maybe instead of looking to get signed you look for some kind of outlet that isn't any kind of contract but i mean you can ask them to you know promote you distribute and that's you need, that's your outlet you for distribution fans, yeah know? but it's distribution right now is so weird because the majority of it, especially with the music we're talking about and the music I'm assuming you guys are going to be doing, it's mm -hmm. very much online spread yeah. through forums and mm -hmm. blogs and stupid YouTube reviewers and things like that. Yeah. It's not like... Which I haven't even started looking into. I don't even know what... I mean, I don't do anything on the internet, so I don't even know what <laughs> are good outlets anymore, so I'm going to have to like research that. It's going to be tough for me. So... Hopefully, 
someone will help me out with that. <laughs> no, we'll yeah, see. help them out if you're yeah. listening. Help me out. I don't, I don't know how to promote my band. <laughs> I think the number one factor is to play shows and play your ass off. Oh, yeah. And people it's the only really... way that people are going to be able to put a name to a face. I think that's the thing with me now and heavy music in general. is like, I get links all the time. Like, check out this band, check out this band. And I every time I hear it, all I picture is like, some nerdy kids in a room with a laptop making it sound perfect. Exactly. But whenever I see, like, a good metal band actually play, I'm like, word. Yeah. Now I pay attention. And the thing about that is that's what we are obviously going to do and we want to do. But the thing about that is most people don't care. Yeah. All they want to do is... That's just me. They just... No, no, I know. Yeah. They just want to hear that cookie cutter, this is perfect, this sounds awesome, I'm going to listen to this and jam this all day. I don't want to go to shows anyways. I just feel like that's what... Yeah, there's some people that are like that. Yeah, it's sad, but... There's 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 probably people out there that know the bands that they like aren't as good live. Yeah, oh yeah. And they're totally okay with it. I'm sure there is, yeah. It's sickening. Even even Tesseract, I mean, I saw yeah, them... Like, I, yeah, they're, they're not that great live. I saw that, yeah. I, well, first of all, they The sound even, is just like... I think that that's, that's a problem. Yeah. With bands like that, and a lot of the the eight string really overprocessed guitar sound, is unless you're in a very very nice venue Super and you nice, have yeah. nice gear, it's not that sound is not gonna translate. Like mm-hmm. I saw them at Smalls and it just sounded like shit. Was it on their last tour, or was it like a while ago? Oh, a year or two ago maybe. I saw them, and it was the only time I saw them. I saw them. In, I went to Cleveland to see them, and they had their most recent vocalist that's not in the band anymore he's doing like really bad like Justin Timberlake music anyways that's beside the point so A he wasn't good at singing you can, I mean like any vocalist he complained on being sick their second guitar player couldn't I guess he just didn't come on the tour so they're like down a guitar player and I saw him and I was like so disappointed I was like what the fuck is this yeah <laughs> but now they have their old vocalist back so if they come again I'll give them another was it shot. the guy that was on yeah. one Yes. No, 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 no. The uh, guy that was on there, newest. On Altered State. Yeah, I can't, I guess. Okay, so they had a guy after that. After the guy that was on Altered State? Well, they have their original vocals back. The guy that was on the first album. From one. They have him back. Yes. Cool, I like that guy. Yeah. He's back in the band. Cool. Um, I think the... The last guy in Altered State was Elliot Coleman. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't, maybe that was the original. I don't know. I don't I'm, pay attention though. I'm super bad with band. But I remember seeing. Um, Do you ever see those in studio videos of them playing like Calculating Infinity straight through? Yeah, yeah. Those were I thought those were really awesome videos. Mm-hmm. And I don't I know mean, how much like post work was I'm done sure on it. It was enough, but they still at the same time it's like they. I know that the, the drummer is the most independent drummer ever. His independence. Is his all four of his limbs are doing something like completely different, and it, he's so good. Like <laughs> I can't, I can't even. Yeah, it's listening to Tesseract is really weird, um, because it sounds they're one of the, he's a drummer that sounds like he's not doing a lot mm-hmm. unless you pay attention. I mean, his hi hat the entire yeah. time is clicking, and he's playing this crazy stuff. I mean, I can't even begin to. It's I mean, cool. I can comprehend it. It's like it's, just, it's technical, it's... but not like. When you think of technical metal drumming, you think of, like, some super fast, like, exactly. you don't think of groove yeah, in, like, a technical metal aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, he would be the most awesome jazz pocket drummer. Oh, sure, he has that, like, 
like, swing. Who's the that dude? The the badass dude from Dave Matthews. I don't know. Do you know that drummer? You ever pay attention to that guy? What's his yeah. name? Like Carter or something? That dude's a fucking awesome drummer. Oh really? Yeah. If you just like watch some videos of him playing online, like hmm. real awesome groove. Out. And we, if you're into that shit, you yeah. should look up that dude. I can't remember his name right now. I know, like, Googling Dave Matthews band drummer (laughs) is probably not at the top of your list, but the dude's awesome. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. And, yeah. I'm really bad with people's names. I am too. So if I mess up anyone's (laughs) name on this, sorry. (laughs) I don't know. I'm really bad with it. Can't remember a lot of names. Well, fuck. I don't know. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. We can wrap it up. It was a good talk. Yeah, Yep. Best of luck with everything and thank you. recording the bands. And Sorry for uh, rambling. I probably got off topic a lot, but no, that's cool. You don't I ramble as bad as me. You don't r- you don't ramble nearly as bad as Wyatt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I can say plenty of things about that. Word. <laughs> I've been next to him in a lot of interviews, and I never ever got a word in it. <laughs> uh, I think that no joke. Um, and he, I mean, we we've talked about this before. See, he did this. Uh, yeah. And I think our unedited cut of his talk was over two hours. No, I, I believe it, yeah. I mean, he knows it. I mean, Oh, yeah, yeah, he kept saying it, too. He was like, <laughs> feel free to stop me or cut this out. So. But that's what makes him wise, so. Oh, yeah, he could talk. He's, he's a good front man. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for coming over, and that, that's about it. No I'll, I'll stop this now. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Brett's a great dude. Smart dude. Talented dude. All around dude. (laughs) If, uh, you know, be sure to check out his band if you've never heard Valama Burial before. They're fucking awesome. Uh, Check out some of his recordings. I'll have links to his uh, websites and music things in the links down below. Just, you know, they're down there. Check them out, and yeah, thanks for sticking around. I'll be back next week with another conversation. Same time, same place, same channel, whatever. You know the drill. I'm Sykes. Start the beat. 2015. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.